Have you ever been in that position as a as an employee, where maybe the the leader has created a a system, a a commission system, a training system, a, a balance of some sort, where you can only succeed if you're in the in crowd, if you have the right relationship with the leader, or if you you know, make nice with just the right people, then you have a chance for promotion. And if you don't, then no matter what you do, no matter how good you are, the system is rigged against you. I want to talk about the kind of leader who does that stuff today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I've probably mentioned the story here before. Uh, my boys both worked for the same uh, automotive repair shop for a while. And while they were both working there, there was a guy, and they started at different times. So there was a, a guy there who was the ASE certified mechanic, meaning when there were certain jobs that came in the door, those jobs could only be done by him because like a medical technician or anybody else, you don't want just anybody working on specific parts of your car. You want the trained specialist working on those parts of your car. And so the ASE certified mechanic has, you know, kind of a barrier to, well, any average Joe with a wrench could do that. But once it gets beyond this level of complication, it's got to be the certified mechanic. That makes perfectly good sense if I'm the car owner. But what also makes good sense is that if you work in that shop and you want to continue to grow in your opportunities and grow in your income, that you need the opportunity to be trained to do some of those specialist level jobs. And those opportunities, well, they sit behind training. So in order for you to grow into that opportunity, you've got to get the training. You've got to be trained to do these specific tasks. Well, how do you, how do you get trained to do those specific tasks? You have to be invited. And then you have to be coached and you have to be given the tools and given the opportunities and, and given the projects and given the assignments. And guess who gets those? The ones that are in the best relationship with the ASE certified mechanic because that's who those jobs come in for. So if it's anything beyond an alignment or it's anything beyond an alternator or a fan belt or something of that nature, the person who gets the assignment is going to be the certified mechanic. And the person who gives that assignment is going to be Yes, the certified mechanic. And if you get on his bad side, guess how many of those jobs you're going to get? Guess how much training you're going to get? Zero. Zip, zilch, nada. But at the same time, the mechanic still gets paid whether you're doing the, the work as a trainee or he's doing the work himself. Yeah, let that one sink in for a minute. So if you, as my son did, catch on to the fact that he was being used to get these projects done, the mechanic would intentionally take in workload that was way beyond his ability to deliver it. He would take in work that was way more work than any one mechanic could handle. And once the backlog was so thick that he had to get help doing it, that help would inevitably be my son. And my son would step up and, and do the work. And then as he was doing the work, he realized that there's certain parts of this that I'm catching on to pretty fast and I'm getting pretty good at. And so when the question would come back from the head office, hey, we've got this new job to do for a client, it looks like this, this, and this, and this, they didn't always go to the certified mechanic and say, hey, do you have room for this in your schedule? They would ask my son, do you have room for this in your schedule? But guess who wasn't getting paid like a certified mechanic? Because he wasn't. No, the money came in, the job came in, 
the workload came in, but the money always went to the certified mechanic. See, that's called a rigged system. Now, I understand the system. I understand why the system is in place. And I understand that the opportunity to make money for those who do the extra training, go to the school, get the certifications, there's a reason for that. There's a reason that they've invested in that and that they feel like that's a worthwhile investment because there's more money to be made on the other side of it. For the same reason that my son took days off of work and went and did the certification training to become a state inspector so that he could make a little extra money because it wasn't just the paycheck. It's now every one of those inspections that comes through, there's a little extra cash in it too. It's a great opportunity. But again, if the system is rigged, the people who rig the system, they control who gets rich in the system. I remember a multimillionaire. In fact, she was a millionaire before she was 40 years old, a uh, lady by the name of Laurel Langmeyer in a training class I was in with her one day. She said, you know, when we look at this idea of who can be an actual investor, what we call, I think they call them a certified investor, uh, someone who can drop a quarter of a million dollars into an event, uh, an investment, a property, a real estate, a stock, and not miss it. Meaning it's not going to substantially change their tax bracket at the end of the year if they invest $250,000 and it all evaporates. Now, that's a pretty significant sum of money, but the question is, where do you come up with that sum of money? How, why is, why is $200,000 or $250,000 the number? Why is it not $50,000? Why is it not $20,000? Why is it not $2.5 million? Well, the reason that that answer exists is because somebody did the math and said, of all the investors, you can kind of put a line of demarcation at this number. And those people are invested in 401ks and, and mutual funds and things of that nature. It's okay that they play in the stock market. The more money in the stock market, the better. But the people who have individual wealth over this level, well, they make different kinds of decisions. They'll invest in different types of things. Again, that's a system. The system is designed for a reason. And I remember somebody saying to her, well, it sounds to me like the system is broke because if, if you don't have the money to play, you'll never have the opportunity. If I just have $175,000 and I'm gonna go buy this investment real estate property and, and flip it and make 500,000, then I would have the money to play, but I can't even invest in the real estate property because I don't have the 200 to start with. She said, oh, the system's not broken. It was designed that way. Let that settle in for a moment. The system isn't broken. It was designed that way. Now, how many leaders do you know who intentionally set up a, whether it's the way that a team is staffed or a way that a team is trained? What are the merits that allow you to move on to the advanced training or move on to the new positions? How many leaders do you know that set up a system that way and make it impossible if you're not family, impossible if you're not already wealthy, impossible if you don't already have the opportunity in front of you? I remember applying for a job, it's been several years ago, probably 15 or more years ago. I applied for a job, I drove an hour and a half to do the interview, I pulled up to the interview, we went through the whole process, he looked at my resume, he looked at what I'd done recently, looked at the jobs that I had, got to know my personality, gave me several assessment tests, I interviewed with several people in the building, and when we got down to the last day, he's like, hey, I'd love you to start on Monday, here's what I'd like for you like from you before you start on Monday though. I said, what's that? He said, I need your whole database so we can load that into our sales management system. I said, I'm sorry. He said, well, I need to know all the people that you've sold product to in the past. 
because we were I was moving within the industry. So I'd like to know all the people you've sold product to in the past so I can load them in the database so that I can determine which ones of those are existing customers of ours because you get paid a different commission on existing customers than you do on new customers. Like, well, if they're in my database, that makes them my customer. He said, well, if they're in my database, that makes them my customer. And since I decide how much of a paycheck you get, if they're my customer, you won't get paid as much on them. That, my friends, is a rigged system rigged in the favor of the company, especially a company that's been around longer than I've been in sales. So if that crossover between their database and mine happened, I don't get paid the same on them, even if I go sell them a new product from a new company that I didn't represent the last time I talked to them. See what I mean by the system being rigged in the favor of the person who rigged the system? It, it's not a good thing when you're that kind of leader, but when you're the kind of leader who rigs the system, not in the favor of everybody in the system, not in a way that if you play the game nicely, you could actually win, but in a way that only the person who rigged the system could win then we have a real problem. That's not just a system that's off balance, that's called corruption. But right now we actually have that system in a lot of different places. We have systems in banking and finance. We have systems in, it used to be called redlining, who can own a home and where and for what value and, and for how long. I don't know if you've looked at anything under Agenda 2030, but it's changing the system altogether yet again, not only from a taxation standpoint, but from the type of people and the type of businesses and entities that can own private, private property and no longer be private. Some of the biggest companies in the world will, under the agenda 2030, be owned in conjunction with the government. In fact, right now, there are stocks that are being traded by our government leaders who are making policies that make the stock have a higher value. Let that set in for a minute. It's one thing to have quote unquote insider training, meaning I know there's about to be an earthquake, so any any equipment that has anything to do with earthquakes, I should, I should buy up stock in that because it's gonna go up. I, I should buy up stock in, I don't know, emergency medical care. I should buy up stock in, in gauze and, and medical tape because those things are gonna go up when there's a, a national emergency. But I also know that when you create the problem that causes the massive sales and you benefit on the backside of that because, well, you're the one who owns stock in the solution to the problem. Remember, if you've ever been in sales or maybe you just watched that Wolf of Wall Street with, with Jordan Belfort or the movie about him, there's a scene where they talk about the pen and he says, sell me this pen. And the guy says, write your name on that napkin for me. And he says, I can't, I don't have a pen. Okay, here, here's what he's demonstrating. Yes, I've done a lot of sales training myself on both sides of that table, presenting the sales training and receiving the sales training. Here's a really simple reality for anybody in marketing and training, I don't care what your business is. You will not sell anything if you don't provide a solution to a problem. Maybe you've heard the old phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. There's truth to that. If you take a horse who is not thirsty to the river, he's gonna stand there and look at you, might try to cross it and swim and cool off, but he doesn't have any interest in drinking if he's not thirsty. But you can stop at the salt lick on the way. What are you doing? You're creating thirst in the animal before you get to the water. 
You're creating the need for a problem, creating a problem so there's a need for the solution you offer. That's a good sales tactic. That's a really good sales practice. You might wonder when you go to the bar or the restaurant, uh, restaurants do it all the time. There's still a couple of them. In fact, that when you sit down at the table, they bring you a bucket full of peanuts. But there are several bars where there are chips and salsa, they're free of charge. And the salsa is really spicy. Or they have those really spicy little peanuts right on the bar. Or what do you think those are there for? Do you think they give away those peanuts just for giggles? No, they're hot. They're dry. They make your tongue catch fire. Which means they can sell you more beer. You're a lab rat. <laughs> this is a process. This is a system that is intentionally designed to create a want or a desire in you so that the solution to the problem is provided by the same person who created the problem. Are we catching on yet? Yeah, if there are people in our government who are making a profit on the solution that's being provided to a problem that they identified, it makes you feel like you're being sold something. Because you are. And if leaders are determined to rig the system so that they benefit at anybody else's cost, those leaders should be disqualified for leadership. It's one thing to be in a sales environment where you know. We all walk into Best Buy or Walmart or Target or whatever else. And if somebody says, they're not going to say this at Walmart or Target, they don't care if you need help or not. But if you walked into Best Buy and somebody says, can I help you? The first thing going through your mind is this guy works on commission or this gal works on commission and, and they're just trying to sell me something. And what is our response? No, thank you. I'm just looking. Same thing in a car lot. Same thing anywhere where you think somebody works on sales commission. We don't get that chance with our government, do we? Nope. Once we're told you have a problem and we have the solution and we're going to determine by law that you will get this, you will, you will take this solution. You will, you will buy it whether you like it or not. Even if you're not writing a check for it out of your own pocket, the government's paying for it with your taxes. It's a rigged system. They're creating a need in you where only those that they choose to will benefit and only those that they want to will be promoted and they will profit on the backside of your behavior, your solution to a problem they created. Oh, they put the hot peanuts and the chips and salsa on the counter and they're the only ones selling beer in the neighborhood. And if you haven't caught on to my metaphor right now, then I'm really concerned for you as a leader. But if you're the kind of leader who's doing that kind of nonsense, rigging the system and cheating the people, you should be ashamed of yourself. And my personal opinion is you should be disqualified from leadership. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.